This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the southernmost point of Dorne to the lands of always winter, what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east. Oh, those shadows that hang there. This is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Absock, joined again by Alden Diaz. And Alden, we've got a lot to get to. We are going to get right to it. Breaking up some of the big news of the week, whether it be House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, George R. R. Martin, breaking up into little videos. Alden, we got an Entertainment Weekly news dump. A Nick Romano written article, great article, pictures, mm. insights, so much to break down. Are you excited as I am, sir? So excited. It's one thing to get just great covers, which they delivered on. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, no longer print in the age of digital covers. They move and it's cool. Um, but it was one thing just to get that because yep. that it could be also, you know, we're going to feature House of the Dragon and we just gave it the cover. But no, they went as hard as they could in a spread. This was full steam ahead mode. It was very exciting. Yeah, you know, this is kind of the, uh, whether it be Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, any kind of these big IP properties. When you get to the ET, uh, Entertainment Weekly, or Entertainment Tonight, or Variety, and they do their big previews, I've always loved those. Back to the early days in the 90s, uh, you know, uh, the Vanity Fair. It's just exciting. It's it's nerd chilled time and it gets you geeked up. And that's what we're here to celebrate and discuss today. Yeah. And in the season that will be probably the most packed nerd season of all times, not since the days of Iron Man versus the Dark Knight. Have we seen something this <laughs> packed and heavy? It's good to have these focused pieces to tell yeah. us about one thing. And we're not here for the competition. We're here to enjoy all, whether it be Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, and or the Return of Bad Batch, any other property you out there all, out there all love. Uh, we love it. We love it. We're here to dive in. We'll see how it uh, affects our lives, what we can take from what themes will drive these stories forward. Here in Casterly Talk, we focus on the world of Ice and Fire, uh, but also Rings of Power. So we are going to be taking a look at that teaser trailer on this channel and on this podcast feed as well. Alden, let's dive into the Entertainment Weekly stuff uh, up to Top. Uh, what what are some things that you took from this article that you absolutely uh, love and want to talk about? I think that the insights about character in in the article and in, in the two uh, the two person interview mm. with Matt Smith and uh, Emma Darcy are just that they understand that this is a people first thing in mm. in in ways that not to knock other properties, but that's sort of been the the zeitgeist thing for Game of Thrones has been of course, like machinations, politics, like that's what you hear, but really it's motivations and like why these people are the way that they are 
hangs over everything that they released, whether it was an exciting image or these interview quotes. So I just came away thinking I'm in the mode now to get to really know these people. Yeah, it was kind of fun to see the the actors kind of the, that great 10 minute uh, kind of uh, BTS uh video package, whatever you want to call it there. It was great to see them move and speak, and even as themselves, but in the costumes. That had a weird mm-hmm. reaction. I had a weird reaction to that. Like, I just loved seeing that, and it made it, number one, more real, but two, uh, just to hear them talk about their characters made me excited, because you're you're right. That's what brings it in. With the dragons and the flames and the swords and the, and the big fights, we are going to have those big events, and we're going to love those, but those are nothing without the characters, and I love seeing the characters kind of come to life with these interviews here. So, good stuff. Anything else yeah. yeah i mean that was a big theme it's just even even though it is them it's not the characters yeah. uh that's part of what we love we love seeing peter dinklage dance around and his shackles yeah. uh in game of thrones days and and that sort of translates here and yeah but it, but that's not to say that the cool aesthetics and fantasy stuff didn't hit because i also texted you and said this is the best fantasy armor i've ever seen seeing damon in his full uh targaryen getup it's incredible yeah absolutely the the damon uh the damon targaryen uh you know armor so he can wield dark sister uh uh with uh, with uh, all the uh, strength and and uh hubris that we want him mm-hmm. to have great stuff there and, and speaking of like designs this article starts with miguel sapachna talking uh, Sapochnik talking about the throne. We've already uh, made uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of our discussion points have been around the throne, the additional mm-hmm. swords. Uh, yes, that moves it a little bit closer to George R. R. Martin's uh, book version, uh, but also shows uh, the the Targaryen dynasty where it is now and where it will be by the time it's gone when we meet it again 200 years later. So it tracks for us, but I like that they started the article with that uh, because they also snuck in some things about, yeah, it's closer to George's design. George had some issues with that. And we have George's blessing. It was a sneaky way to say, hey, if you had some doubts before, George is on board. So come on in here. Absolutely. It's the classiest way that they can say that. Um, while for, like this is firm prequel territory, yeah. nobody is ever saying this is our adaptation of the material. It's still a prequel to Game of Thrones, HBO's Game of Thrones. But there is sort of that to invoke another fantasy property the different Harry Potter directors could never agree really on where Hagrid's hut should be on the Hogwarts campus. Right. It's always in a different location, every movie. Uh, and sometimes that's in the spirit of movie accuracy. So it's in the spirit of book accuracy. And, but yeah. but we're still playing in that family, and it's no disrespect, and it was just fun yeah. to see that. No, fun to see that, and I think it was. Uh, there's some comments from Ryan Condal in this as well of like, look, uh, Fire and Blood. And I'm paraphrasing totally here, but Fire and Blood exists. We're drawn from that, but there's a lot of uh, room, and and we're going to kind of tell a certain perspective, I guess, on the story. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of like that approach. I think it's uh, it gives them room to hopefully do some things with the story that they want as showrunners. Absolutely, yeah. I think that the freedom is important. But also that relationship with the text is important. And and for us fans, it's important to exist right in between, right in that wiggle room of, oh, I'm really excited to see this event. Yeah. But they might present that event to you in a curveball way. Yeah. And that's what's exciting about it is being able to like Game of Thrones fans that loved, loved those books. Going back to that first one in the 90s, they are able to watch HBO's Game of Thrones. And if they open their hearts, they might see, oh, well, that character was combined with this character. But I really like that they... Yeah. found this new angle or look at something like uh talisa stark being yeah. an original character versus rob's marriage in the novels and how that changes it was able to provide new depth so yeah. that's exciting 
Yeah, and an uh, upcoming video or a, an episode released at the same time as this. We're going to dive a little bit into George R. R. Martin and uh, more talk about his endings in the books, but we're not there yet. We're talking House of the Dragon. One other thing I love, speaking about this, speaking about Game of Thrones, we, we brought it up all the time, and I, I don't think you can move t- too far away from the, the talking point, Alden, that we know the show exists. We know that it's still beloved. It's still getting great numbers on streaming. Uh, it's mm-hmm. still one of the highest stream series, but also it's one of the shows that sparks, eh, you know, cantankerous discourse at best the showrunners and everyone involved are very much aware for, aware of that and there was quotes from like patty constantine playing viserys the first says i think people start to write their own endings speaking about the end of game of thrones he even kind of admitted to having hey i had that kind of thing too so we're gonna they're gonna try to move past that matt smith starts that video says one hopes they come to uh to it with a fresh palette so to speak uh and then uh ryan condal talks about hey we got to get across here's what you love wrapped up in a different packaging uh makes a lot of sense i think we can bang this drum a lot alden but as we get closer uh the messaging starts to become a little more clear from them i think that's definitely a concerted effort Uh, not from a cynical place i'm not I, i don't think anyone at this team is saying let's get ahead of how they messed up but yeah. really in the sense of having matt smith there's actually appropriate because he's been in this situation he's had it all on his yeah. shoulders a, a massive property that is built on change you know whether it's james bond or doctor who are sort of the two things that are built on doing this and he was the doctor he was the youngest doctor they ever had mm-hmm. coming off of the hottest doctor they ever had the most popular iteration yeah. and he has to follow that yeah. So he's been in these high pressure scenarios before and has had to win the hearts of everybody. And I think that that spirit permeating the entire team and them saying we are that, but we're also ourselves and yeah. take us on our terms. They're being honest up front and I, they should that should be rewarded, I think. Uh, yeah, at least uh, some room given, uh, we hope, for the show there for those that are curious. But I, I you know what? I got to tell you what, I, I, out on out on the streets, out on the streets for a living, if you like uh, the old uh, Kiss Black Diamond song there. Shout out to Scotty from the Bomb Bad Pad- Podcast. Um, I, uh, I I don't hear a lot of people as grumpy as, as uh, up toward this show. I think there is a lot of hope in it, or at least a lot of, you know what, I'll see. And for me, for a fan of Game of Thrones, the series from season one to season eight, that's what I'll take. That's all I want from you. Just, hey, come on. Give it a shot. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. I, for people that are disappointed with season eight or middling on it or just straight up hated it, mm-hmm. I want to see and I would love to see and I would love to be a part of the process of the return. I would like for me when I'm disappointed with something that I love, whether that's any franchise or pro wrestling or yeah. the <laughs> broadcasting industry, uh, I want to be surprised and fall back in love on the next thing. I don't want I don't want to be. Uh, we're broken up forever. I'm a romantic that way. <laughs> so I want people yeah. to have that. <laughs> You're a sweetheart who writes poems to Game of Thrones. Yeah. I get it. Come uh, back. What are some of the other things that jumped out of you in this uh, wonderful article here? Uh, I really loved the approach of, well, specifically with, with, with Emma Darcy, who I know we wanted to make a note that in, you know, in the spirit of learning and in the spirit of, 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 being able to spread that knowledge uses they, them pronouns. So we wanted to make that note. Um, If if we've ever misidentified uh, this performer before, we want to get in front of that and be sure to, to make sure that that knowledge spreads because you can only find out if someone tells you or if you read it, Um, their perspective on this character in in the article and in that video that is in the article um, is just phenomenal and and timely and has shades of who we know will be their last 
mm-hmm. uh, descendant with Daenerys, or yeah. aside from John. So there's a connectivity there where I think Thrones fans will be able to latch onto that and say, oh, it's it's the woman in this society. It's this type of character. Rhaenyra is this daughter who was placed in this position that they didn't have to be placed in, and the world is going to react in X, Y, Z ways. Yeah. And the way that they broke down this woman yeah. and how they broke down how they're going to embody them, I thought was probably some of the most fascinating stuff. No, absolutely. This, this article is pretty direct about women being the forefront of the story and Rhaenyra being called uh, perhaps the most important role in the series. And to hear Emma Darcy talk about it and, and hear them kind of go into the detail of uh, Rhaenyra kind of being, I, I, this is maybe my own words, at war with her, her not just her gender or the gender role around her, but uh, what she likes, what she pushes for, pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. of uh, her supposed role in this society. She's a dragon rider. She's a fighter. She even uh, mentions, uh, I'm talking about Renera mentioning that like, uh, I the, the the idea of realms uh, the realms delight the nickname put upon her is mm-hmm. uh, is not something that Renera would agrees with because it's passive it, it means I'm just there to be ogled uh, in so many different ways and so I love yeah. that being a start and how she looks across the aisle so to speak at at, at her uncle Damon and it's like maleness represents freedom in this society and how do I get towards that and how do I deal with who I am and, and where I am and all that. That's fascinating stuff. We kind of talked about this before, but to see it put there right in the forefront, I think it's really uh, important to note. A hundred percent. And and knowing that labels and the freedom that comes with being a man mm-hmm. are going to be so core to this in 2022's show premiere yeah. is really exciting because Game of Thrones season one was setting up these themes with Arya, with Tyrion and John of wear it like armor and it can never be used to hurt you about how the world will tell you who that who you are. But I'm excited to see that with the decade plus of societal growth and storytelling growth that we've all had. Yeah. So it's almost like we're going to sequelize themes of Game of Thrones through a prequel to Game of Thrones. Yeah, we're going to build while going back. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, by going back, I love that. And I think it was Millie Alcock saying, like, yeah, she she auditioned for the young Renera roles with lines from uh, Arya Stark and how the connections there and and yeah mm-hmm. and, and and I think we don't want to get into a discussion on on GOT the show. Like I, I still think that some of the painful, horrible lessons that show is trying to put out there of of. Uh, of these women in power and what was done to them and what they try to do to overcome it and how uh, there's some cost to all that and, and it's, there's deeper stuff there we know uh, and some and how they handled it is always up for debate and I think the show was Game of Thrones was conceived in such a different time where the expectations were different and this show is not and this article made me really excited to know that everyone on board understands the era in which this show is being developed shot and put out into the world. Absolutely. 100%. And being able to combine that with the powerful aesthetics, you know, that it's, it's an understanding of character yeah. and it's an understanding of, of iconography that have to come together. And that's how you, uh, that's how you make something as impactful as what they're going for. Yeah. We're, we're trying to do be as quick as we can, Alden. We want to get the news out here on, on, on the YouTube channel or on the podcast side, but a couple minutes left here. I do want to get some of the big things. What uh, uh, other things that are there? I think we, we talked about some of the bigger stuff, the themes, uh, the details of conf- confirming slight spoiler. We're starting with the great council 
of 101 mm-hmm. AC. I love the the discussion around the uh, the sea snake and, and what his house means and what they represent at this time because it's a house that ain't going to be there 200 years later. Uh, and uh, just see the uh, Rainey's and her involvement in that. Uh, loved all that. What were some of the big stuff? Did you like any of that? And what are the other kind of things that you pulled away from it? And just the cool pictures, armor, and anything else. Yeah, there's that picture of, is it Jaharis, correct? Like there's yes, that picture yes. of, yeah, that picture of Jaharis just like, was awe-inspiring to me, even though he's just, it's just, there's a man sitting. He's tired uh, he's like not, I am. <laughs> but to see a, a great Targaryen king, not that Viserys isn't, of course he is, but an elder statesman, an elder, elder statesman um, was really exciting. Whatever context that we see him in or what that's going to be, yeah. um, how they present it. But I thought that that was the, the other image that stuck out to me outside of uh, emo dragon armor. Emo Dragon Armor. Yeah, and a lot of great stuff about from Patty Considine about Viserys I, who, who will be key to the story, at least the beginning of the story in this season, and him, this idea of a good man that doesn't necessarily mean a bad king, and how he does have an ego, and, and part of that ego is protecting this this piece, protecting this piece, and how Ryan Condal ca- does call this a show that is essentially about the height of Rome, which is always interesting because that show didn't work on HBO either. <laughs> <laughs> Two yeah. seasons of Rome, we all wanted more, I'm sure. Uh, big final thoughts from you, Alden, here. My final thoughts are that I've never been more excited and that I think that now is the time to carve out your own identity, really express yourself, and I am excited for what I'm presuming would be the last step, a final trailer. I, I love everything that we saw here. Oh, yeah, and we're gonna getting ready for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm i glad it didn't happen this week. There's a lot to cover this week. Star Wars, Lord yeah. of the Rings, Game of Thrones. But I, I cannot wait for something like that to uh, pop up uh, and start to just see how the actual season's going to play out. Alden, as always, appreciate you jumping in here. It was really hard for you and I to stop our sentences because we love to talk about themes and Game of Thrones yeah. and all those things. I, and armor. I think that... Uh, I, you know, we both have worked in radio, uh, both in rock radio at different times. A lot of weird parallels uh, yeah. in our lives. But I, I've been watching this clock, proud of myself yeah. uh, for how short it's come in. Yeah. Well, this is something we want to do. We want to get straight to the news. We'll have longer form discussions next week and beyond. Don't you worry about that, folks. But we want to get this news out there and get new eyes here on the show. If you're listening to Cashly Talk, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. Uh, you can also then go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Cashly Talk, as we build that out and want to make something really fun uh, and, and uh, just celebratory here of the world with this channel. We got some um, kind of explainer videos coming. And getting uh, getting you ready for House of Dragon in a simple, direct way. Uh, we'll also be covering Rings of Power. So also you can find our episode on the Rings of Power main teaser trailer and also have an episode out as well this week about the George R. R. Martin uh, talk around his ending out. It's getting farther away from the shows. You can follow me at Ken Napsock. Alden, where do you want them to follow you? Because sometimes that changes thanks to Twitter. Yes. Well, thankfully, I've been at that Alden Diaz for a little while now, and hopefully it's going to stay that way with all those double verifications and everything. So T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. And if you like uh, Alden's discussions on themes and how he uh, dives right on in, don't forget to check out his Star Wars podcast, Octo Radio. You got to say it with the like I do. And then you'll get <laughs> There you go. That's it for now, my friends. You are listening, watching. And supporting Casterly Talk, and we appreciate it. We'll see you next time here on Casterly Talk. <laughs>